All right. Good morning, church. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That was some good old-fashioned gospel right there. That's what I'm talking about. That really reminds me of my granny and papa. You know, through studying his Bible here, um, I discovered that he underlined all the verses about walking with the Lord. He liked the idea of walking with the Lord. And he marked up his Bible, and I enjoyed being able to read that and thinking um, as he would sing and harmonize Daily walking close to thee, let it be. Dear Lord, let it be. Yes. So here's a picture of Granny and Papa. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So they are so fabulous in their costume. They loved a good costume party here at Beach Lawn Baptist down at the ocean front. Granny's got her bling and her stole on, and uh, they're ready for a good time at church. I love this. I love this. They were involved in everything at church. Okay, they said yes. They were doing student ministry. They were teaching Sunday school. They were going to choir practice. There was prayer meetings. And then there was GAs. And there was potlucks. We sang Christmas carols at the retirement homes. They were all in. We did it all. And I'll tell you, I am so grateful for the legacy of faith that my granny and papa left me. Okay, it's a beautiful day, right? Okay, we're ready to have some fun. Let's talk. Let's talk about the big connect. Let's talk about courage, connection, and community. You know, none of these things exist on their own. You can't do one of these without the other. It takes courage to be vulnerable. We have to be vulnerable to connect. And we have to connect to have community. So all these things go together. Let's start with my life first. Let's start with courage and, and looking at Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Yet let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Did you know one of the most common phrases in the book is, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Over and over again, he says, don't be afraid. So how did I get to know anything about courage? I have a, a unique story, and I'll share some of my story. So I was, uh, had a very unique childhood. I was born with a heart condition called Schoen syndrome. It's a congenital heart condition. So um, me and uh, my, my family, we fought hard. We fought hard for every breath sometimes. I had my first heart surgery when I was five years old. And um, believe it or not, I have only memories of joy and faith and um, courage and comfort um, from that time. So I'll share a fun story with you. I asked Granny, I was getting ready for the surgery, and I can remember, I can remember um, being in this room, and I said, Granny, am I going to die? And she says, well, you know, Chesney, we don't know, but either way, it'll be all right. Jesus is going to be with you, and, um, and everything will be okay. And I said, oh, okay, trusting her completely. Um, hey, if I, if I do end up going to heaven and be with Jesus, will he have popsicles? Yes. Yes, he will have popsicles, any flavor you want. Okay, I'm good. How about when I wake up? If I wake up, is there going to be a popsicle? 
you bet. You bet, girl. Any popsicle you want. So it was something really simple in that childlike faith that gave me the courage because I knew that I was going to be all right either way. So I move into the rest of, you know, carrying on here. Thank the Lord. I continued to fight well and grow up and Growing up, not knowing if I would make it to adulthood, I did. And I found myself at 33 years old. I was ready for the next step in order to uh, keep this life going, and that was to have my aortic valve replaced. So I had my aortic valve replaced down at Duke University. And uh, then I came back to Virginia Beach, and um, I faced a major uncertainty. I faced the possibility of an early death with a complication because of the surgery. And I found myself in an ICU with another make it through the night. And so I said a prayer. I said a prayer that was really sincere and it was short. And I said, Lord, you know my heart. There is nothing that I'm going to say right now that you don't already know. So I'm just going to say one thing, and that's I trust you. If it's my time to go at 33 years old, I am shocked. (laughs) I'm shocked. I didn't expect that but I trust you. Just use my story, please. And if it's not my time to go, oh, Lord, be mercy. I am going to be fired up for you. I am going to do this. I'm going to do this for you. I'm not going to let you down, God. And I trust you. I trust you completely. Beyond this miracle of life that you've given me all the way up to now, I want to follow you. You've invited me to be a part of something, part of life, and I really want to honor that. Now, there was fear, and there was doubt, and there was uncertainty all along the way there. I was within my career and wondering, do I have the heart for this physically and emotionally, spiritually? Do I have the heart it takes to be all in and to, ma- and to keep that promise? Do I have what it takes? And as I struggle with that fear and un- that uncertainty and anxiety that goes along with all of that, I just stayed surrendered to it. And when I stayed surrendered there, I found that courage. By being vulnerable, I found that courage. I found the peace that comes when we just bow to God's will and just let it be. This is where I really found my faith and my life coming together into one thing, one big thing. That faith that I had in that ICU and then my life, which was my work and what I was doing here. So I want to talk now about connection, or as Paul Paul would call it, fellowship. So let's look at fellowship. Let's look at Acts 2, 42 through 46. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to breaking bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about the beginnings of the first church being connected in community through fellowship, breaking bread together, praying together, having things in common, serving the poor, being in each other's homes, being happy, authentic. 
this is what I was looking for. This is what I was looking for. I was looking for that connection. What was that connection I had when I was with Granny and Pawpaw at church? When I go to, oh, to Beach Lawn and there was, a, there was some activity going on and they'd say, well, hey there, aren't you Dot and Major's grandbaby? Yes, I am. It felt so good to be recognized. It felt so good to eat other people's food and say it was good. Hey, sidebar, I really look forward to being a little old church lady one day and bringing potlucks, bring on the sides. I've got succotash, I've got butter beans, string bean casserole, talk to me about sides and we can, we can get going. Okay, so I'm looking for that church fellowship again. I'm looking for that fellowship. I had that deep need to have that sense of belonging. So I jumped in here at Spring Branch. I jumped all in. I made the decision to say yes to any volunteer opportunity that I heard about. So I get started with Summer Serve, which is one Sunday at a time. I was saying yes over here in Promised Land and in Rock City with the young kids. Then I started doing uh, volunteer for student ministry events. I was a driver. I had a car. I could help out with um, driving folks around. Then I was going to um, the young adult service on Tuesday night. And the next thing I know, I am signed up to be a leader for the summer serve trip in Nicaragua with our partner, Orphan Network. Wow. Ten years later, ten years this summer, I find myself having the privilege to serve as the National Relationship Director for Orphan Network. The privilege to continue to serve a part of this community. So if you heard Connor Clark share last week, he was talking about, um, he was talking about uh, the good news, the bad news, and the great news, and I, I look forward to making that connection, but I first, I first uh, met Connor at the ultimate event. He was about 11 or 12 years old. And then years later, I found myself serving in Nicaragua right alongside Connor. We were in fellowship together at porch time, we were worshiping together, we were eating together, we were praying together, serving the poor together, and just being happy. These were my people. I have found my people. It was so awesome. Through these students and these parents and their parents, I was able to find connection. When I was serving with others, I found the meaning of connection, the true meaning of connection. By being vulnerable enough to share myself with teenagers, teenagers, I found a connection that led to more and more courage. Courage to move into what God was already doing. Courage to move into what God's doing right here, right now, in our community or around the world. I, I moved into what God intends for all of us, and that is connection and relationship and fellowship. And it led me smack dab middle into the middle of my life purpose, the big connect. I had connected my faith and my life together. Right here in this community, right here in this church, right here in this town, right here in this world, I discovered my calling, my purpose, my passion. And I was challenged way outside of my comfort zone. But as Jesus taught us, this is, this is just, he taught us, and, and, and to follow his examples requires so much courage, but he gives it to us. He went to the least of these, 
the despised, the pitiful, the poor. We are called to go beyond our borders, beyond our skin color, beyond our language barriers, beyond our socioeconomic position, our political differences, beyond our school district, beyond our street, beyond our comfort zone. What connects us to the global community? What connects us to our local community? What is it that caused Jesus to look in the face of his enemies and love and not despise? What is it that caused him to look in the face of the least of these? The Samaritan, the blind, the poor, the women, even the children, and to love and move towards them versus pulling back from them in judgment or in fear. Let's ask these questions together, church. Let's ask them as a community. Let's answer them together. Let's find new ways of service, new ways of love. You know, I'm not certain what this looks like. I don't understand exactly what it looks like, but I didn't need to understand. I just needed to start doing it. I want it. I don't know what it is, but I want it, and I want to pursue it with Jesus, and I want to pursue it with you. I don't want to pursue it with my people, with my community. You know, we're not all called to Nicaragua. We're not all called to, to Togo or Denmark or the other places in the world that this church serves. But we have people here that are, and we are all working together in that plan. We're supporting each other in that. And we have so much going on here within our own community. So how are we going to be the miracle? Where are you needed? Where are you called to? You know, asking yourselves all those questions. These are the questions I continue to ask myself. These are the questions that we challenge our, our young people with. How do we challenge ourselves outside of our comfort zone? As I mentioned before, Connor was talking about the good news, the bad news, and the great news. And the great news is that we are restored, and when we're restored, we're able to be, as he said, sent to heal. I love this quote. The place that God calls you is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. God called me into humanitarian aid work and working beside the generation behind mine, millennials. Who knew? Who knew that this girl that grew up fighting a heart condition would be traveling on the regular to the developing countries? Who knew that I would connect with young people, with teenagers, and they would teach me courage and connection? The gratitude is overwhelming, I can tell you that. The peace that comes with that. Just having that simple breath and just seeing, seeing that gladness in the eyes of others. And then finding the courage to just dig deep for that continued connection and that deep gladness. The courage to say yes and just get started and jump in. You know, I discovered that the big connection happened for me here, right here. These, this church, this community, these people opened those doors for me. Okay, I love this. I love this. I love this light. Let's talk about light. Let's talk about being the plan and, 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 uh, 
And let's talk about what, we, what the, the scriptures say here. And just, uh, I'm excited about this verse. That's Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. Spring Branch, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world. We are the plan. It's us. It's up to us. I think about how we're, we're, we're confused and we get, we get frustrated because we're saying, how can I do anything about this? this? Any little action I take or just this one thing, it's not going to make a difference. The world's problems are too big. It's too big. I, I, I can't make an impact. And it's just not true. We all, we all have to come together in order to make that impact. We have to connect together in that. And I really love this book, and I, I found this book at the Global Leadership Summit that we had here a few weeks ago, and this book is called Just Courage. Gary Hagan, he is the founder and CEO of the International Justice Mission, and him and his colleagues are fighting so hard on behalf of people that are suffering in a way that is just indescribable. Um, you know, this is, this is what we were talking about before, of how Jesus went to the suffering. He went there, and, and, and finding that courage I know is hard, and we don't want to be exposed to some of the darkness that exists, and it's just too scary. But the fact of the matter is, that's what we're called to do, and that's where we have to go. And even if that suffering's within our own household, or in our own home, our own neighborhood, or the global suffering, so... I really encourage you to read this book. I, I enjoyed it so much, and um, I, I'm really looking forward to, to diving deeper with my friends and, and my community on this. I like to read this one quote here. He's talking about, um, right after here, after Matthew, talking about being the light of the world. According to Jesus, we are it. You are it. The world is a dark and it's a hurting place. And the creator of the universe has one plan to bring light to it. And through Christ, we are that plan. Jesus is telling us that we've been rescued out of the darkness so that we can be the light of the world. We can be the light of the world. We can be the light of this church. You can be the light in your home. You can be the light at your job. You can be the light at 7-Eleven. You can do it anywhere. But we are the plan, and we have, to, we have to, to take responsibility for that. From my perspective, it is a wild privilege to be able to participate in that, to have the opportunity to smile and have a good attitude, to have the opportunity to walk around and take breaths, to have the opportunity to serve alongside really energetic, exciting young people and be the bridge, bridge to the wisdom of our elders. I'll never forget the first time I came to this church 
and I saw around, and there were so many different people, and I was so comforted. And I said, I wonder if somebody will recognize me as somebody's grandbaby, right? (laughs) But those are kids up there. They're your children and your grandbabies, and they're here. And they're getting loved on by the people of this church and community. They're getting loved on by people that have said, yes, I want to be a part of that. I can't do much. I don't know. It's, it's, I, I, I have these restrictions. Don't think about what you can't do. Think about what you can do. Another fun story. I was challenged by Michael last week as we look at the summer backpack. Summer backpack uh, uh, project that we have going. And I always love... Um, I always love it when he gives me something specific to do. Let's go get a miracle bag, a holy bag. Maybe it's from Food Lion. Maybe it's from Target. Mine was from Rite Aid. They had all kinds of things on sale. And you guys, I get really excited about back to school. Who does not love a fresh pack of pencils or some markers? And so I said, oh my goodness, 59 cents. And I got to make two book bags because the timing was just right. But I said yes. So I brought in, and it was another chance to get connected. It was another chance to be here. It was another chance to be someone's miracle. Right? So think about that. Think about that for you. What is something that you can do that will be someone else's miracle? How are we really, you know, answering the call and the privilege it is to be a part of the plan? We do not have to have it all figured out. If you're waiting to figure it out before you do something, you can't. That's not how it works. We're not, we can't, we can't figure it out before we start saying yes. We've got to discover it together. And yeah, we'll ask some questions and we'll get some answers and we'll say we're doing that right. And we could have opportunities to improve here. But if we're always criticizing and we're the critic and not the student learning from each other, then we're just going to, that's not, that's not going to move us forward in the plan. That's not what Jesus wants for us. That's not the fellowship we were talking about before in Acts. Eating each other's food and having fun together and being each other's homes. Inviting people over to your home. Being in prayer. Serving the poor together. Ministries right here in our backyard are, on the, are far away. <clears throat> This is what that big connect looks like. I think about the vulnerability that I have challenged myself with, and I know so many of us have recently. It's a a term that we're hearing so much about, and I really appreciate it because it really does take courage to be vulnerable. It really does take courage to just share yourself and to connect, to get outside of your comfort zone. And we've got to be vulnerable in order to connect. It's not about being right. It's about being connected, not correct, connected. And so even in that small group, you might not agree with everything going on there, but that's okay. You might not agree with everything that happens at the workplace, or, or you might not agree with everything that's happening in your neighborhood, but you shouldn't let that stop you from getting connected. And then we have to have that connection so we can be in community, which is what we're meant, we're built for. And you've heard that before because it's the truth. We want to belong. We want to be recognized. 
We want to be in community with each other. So how are we going to be good stewards? How are we going to be good stewards of, of this? Because I'm going to tell you, a group of kids I know are being really good stewards to this, and this is the team. Oh, yeah. Those are my people. This is so awesome. This is your church. This is the legacy that we are building up from this church. That is our church. That is our community. That is them outside of their comfort zones. Okay? Way outside of their comfort zones. And through these guys, through these people, I was able to see how they were meeting that deep need for belonging. That deep need. They're starving. They're starving to feed their hearts, right? And they, these kids have figured out how to feed that starving heart. And that is by giving. Giving of themselves. Being vulnerable. Connecting with each other. They don't know each other when we first get there. Not everybody is friends before we go. And I say, you guys look around because at the end of this trip, these will be your people. Why aren't we treating all of life like a mission trip? Just because we're there and we've got a team shirt on doesn't mean that that's where it stops. They have to keep going. They have to keep finding the, cur the courage to stay connected in this community. We're all on the mission trip. We're all on the summer serving trip. It's called life. And we're all on it. And we are the plan. We are the light of the world. And we have the privilege to be invited to serve on the team. And I promise you, if you start looking at it like that, it will change your perspective. It will change your desire and the motivation you have to get connected at any level, at any level of connection. You just start somewhere. You just stop at the booth. You just go to the meeting. You just show up. From firsthand experience, I promise you, this community they will take care of you, and they will keep you connected. We'll do that for each other. Turn around, look around the room. These are your people. This is your community. So I want to ask you, I want to challenge ourselves. How are we going to be good stewards of our time? That's what we challenge this team with. What are you going to do with the experience you had? Okay, church? So what are we going to do with our personal experiences? How are we going to steward those? How about our resources? How are we going to be good stewards of the resources we have? These kids came home and asked themselves that same question. This ministry, Orphan Network, was built on young people asking that question, what resources do I have? What difference can I make? And now this beautiful ministry that is Orphan Network is serving 22,000 kids a day. It's getting a hot meal because some young people at this church got connected in community. They decided to stick with it. They raised up their voice, and they had a church community to get behind them and do something about it. And now, today, the lives that are being impacted in Nicaragua, and the way that goes vice versa, the blessing we are to those ministries, and then the blessing it is back for us to get to be a part of a community, a global community making an impact. Finding water in Togo, Leadership in Denmark. And the amazing people we're raising up through Orphan Network. So what's your big connect? What's going to be your big connect? 
What's your big connectors for today? Let's just do today, right? And then what's next week? What's tomorrow? How are we going to keep going forward? How are we going to keep the mission trip of life going forward? What will bring us the courage that we can keep going and what is going to help us to build the legacy of faith that we want to raise up the next generation? We want to raise ourselves. I want to grow up to have a legacy too. And so, so what, what is going to bring us that courage in order to continue to seek out that connection and to, and to use that connection here in community? And I love it. I'm going to circle it back to, to what Pawpaw would say and what I discovered in this Bible that so many preachers and teachers and friends and small groups and deacons and men, men's ministry came alongside my Papa. And it was for him just a closer walk with thee, daily walking close to thee. Let it be. Just let it be. All right, I want to close with a, um, a prayer that I first heard from Michael in May. And um, it, was at the, it was at a meeting um, regarding Orphan Network. And um, I won't forget, it's when he invited me to consider um, sharing my story here today. And he led us in a devotional that was the prayer, and he used here the prayer of submission. And I've been studying this prayer since. I really appreciate this prayer and can think about how it has applied to my life before, now, and how it will in the future. So this is what, this is what it says. It says, I'm not going to let you down, God. I'm here. And if you need me, or if you choose me to accomplish something, or to stand in the gap for someone, I'm here. I'm here. Use me. I think about all the nights I'd lay in that bunk bed in Nicaragua and I'd just really beg for God to tell me how he was going to use me. And he, was, he, didn't get, he didn't give me the details. But I kept saying yes. I'm going to tell you. It's been awesome. Uncertain, scary, and just simply awesome. So how are we going to stand in the gap? How are we going to find the big connect? I've had it. I know people here that've had it, and I really want that for you. I really do. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this beautiful, beautiful day. Your glory is evident today. <laughs> thank you for the sunshine. Thank you. I lift up every heart in this room this morning, Lord. Hear our hearts. Hear our prayers. You know them. We don't have to say. It's, your, it's, it's not our turn. It's not our turn to talk. It's your turn. And we're listening. We're listening. We're, we're asking you to help us find our deep gladness. Where in the world does that meet? Where's the deep need? And where does it meet with our deep gladness? Dear Lord, help us stand in the gap for somebody. No matter how big or how small, we know you know the details. Just help us stand in the gap. Help us say yes to being the miracle, being someone's miracle. 
Help us just say yes. Dear Lord, help us cooperate with courage. We know what's in there. We know you've offered it for us. Just help us cooperate, be open to it, and bring it forth. Dear Lord, on behalf of all of our brothers and sisters that are serving the least of these, serving in some of the darkest places in the world, be with them. We are with them. They need us. We're the plan. We want to be a part of the plan. And we are with them. Dear Lord, we just thank you for everything that you have done already, everything that you've done already. Everything that you're doing right now in this moment, right now in this moment. With every heart that beats. Dear Lord, thank you for everything you're going to do. We're excited. We're grateful to have the privilege to do it with you. And with all creation, all creation on this beautiful day, we sing and we say thank you. In your holy son's name, we pray. Amen.